podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we've got another NSO pod for you guys uh, under the touchline Fracker Banner. It's a late recording this evening, so not many of us on tonight, even though we got back-to-back wins recently. Um, I'll be a host, X-Pac, and I'll be joined by uh, by Goldberg. Firstly, man, how you doing? Yo, 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 yo. I'm good, man. I'm good. All I got is a couple words. Newcastle, you're next. Old <laughs> <laughs> bird voice, man. You're next. Have you back been practicing back. that or not? <laughs> back to back, back to back. What did Drake say? Back to back, like them N words that they didn't get the message. Back to back, like I'm London cover, lethal weapon. <laughs> back to back, like I'm Jordan 96, 97. Whoa. There we go. Finally, <laughs> yeah. Finally, finally, finally. You know, it feels good. It feels good getting back to back wins because they're a novelty for Spurs these days. Yeah. Um, we've only done it, what, twice this year? The calendar year? It's crazy, well, isn't it? For the calendar year in all competitions, I think that might have been our first. So, uh, so first what? 2022. Nah, so we beat. Um, so, are you talking about in the league or in all comps? I was thinking all comps because I heard okay, I, yeah, right. I should yeah, have double checked this, but I heard the stat that we hadn't had back to back wins since December. No, you're right. You're right. And all if we're going all comps, back, we haven't had back to back wins since December. Yeah, spot. That's on. insane. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Club of our stature. Crazy. Yeah, maybe it's the entitlement that makes us think we can expect back to back wins. But yeah, it's been the kind of um, state we've been as a team for a minute, like. Mm. You think back to how we've actually been, it's quite hard to expect back-to-back wins, even though we've had some very winnable games, especially mm. at home. Um, but yeah, we've finally done it. We played West Ham on the weekend after Brighton. And um, it was a must-win game, essentially, not only for the top four aspirations, but West Ham played in midweek in, in Europe, played 120 minutes. Mm. Uh, so the onus on us was to not only beat an outside top four rival, but um, to obviously finally get this back-to-back hoodoo yeah. completely out of the way. So um, we'll get into it. Um, Tobes, firstly, starting lineup. No surprises there. Did you have any issues with that? No, 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 no. Um, it was the lineup I expected, to be honest. Um it's the lineup that he's played in hmm, um, 
He's played in our last three fixtures, if I'm correct. Since ever since Sessignon got injured anyway against Everton. So Regulon came on against Everton, played it against Man United, played it against Brighton, and then played it against um um West Ham. So three on the spin now. So I think now we're seeing what Antonio Conte um I was going to say like, likes. I don't think he likes a lot about this team personally, but um, we're seeing something that he's used to doing, which is keeping the same eleven and 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 not having to rotate. I think that's when you see a better a better Antonio Conte when he has a bit more faith in the players that he's working with, and at the very least, from a stability standpoint, it's good to see that there's minimal rotation now and that the sort of Close to best eleven is set. Uh, that that's 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 good for me. Good for me. And um, so I think were you at the game as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there. We spliffed them, man. We spliffed those fucking spammers. Good. <laughs> we spliffed <laughs> everywhere them out, they go. Everywhere, everywhere they, they go. go. Get, uh, wow. PTSD from singing it because you, you went to, you went to Brighton away so. We do this thing, we do this thing in our fan base where we sing it to take the piss out of ourselves. We, we actually sing Tottenham get bad if we were going, we're winning. But uh, we spliff them, man. Good. I hate West Ham. I fucking hate them. And their fans, they're pompous. They're wankers. They beat Sevilla on the first day. I was getting loads of abuse from spammers because of what I said. I put my <laughs> neck out and said they're not winning the Europa League. Fuck them. I still don't think they're going to win the Europa that. League. Fuck them. But I was, I was happy we spliffed them, man. I'm so annoyed that we let them score that shitty, jammy, goal from a set piece because it would have been a spotless performance otherwise absolutely spliffed them should have had probably five or six goals um scored on on the day and people want to talk to me about tiredness i don't give a fuck i don't give a flying monkeys about tiredness why do i give a why do i give a, a heck about fatigue who cares mm. <laughs> have they given have they spared a thought for our fatigue when they've played us off the back of european excursions in the past no their fans celebrated like they won the world cup so I'm glad we gave them a dose of their own medicine, man. Um, they're talking about, oh, we had bigger fish to fry in Europa League. This is their first ever European adventure in my lifetime as a Spurs fan. And look how giddy they're getting. So I'm, I'm happy we, we, we buried them, man. And I'm glad that Sun scored that third goal because I think 2-1 would have been a really, really harsh reflection of that game. For sure, for sure. Um, especially starting the game... As well as he did, um, as well as we did. I think I'm trying to think how far West Ham got in Europe under Slavan Bilic. I'm sure they got into Europe then, but anyway, um, they got nowhere near as far as they they have done, which is the much coveted quarterfinals. Fair play. Um, but yeah, it's great that we started um, on the front foot as as well as we did, right? Because the first goal was always going to be crucial. Um, I wouldn't have trusted us to go on and come back in the game, say if we conceded the first goal, because like the pressure is was all on us going into that game. And whenever we have a high pressure situation like that, especially this season, the squad tend to not even come out of their shells, so to speak. But the first goal um, coming from... I think Harry Kane put it in from the right hand side, and then Sun kind of forced the issue on um, on a certain centre back, which our fans <laughs> managed to put a bit of pressure on uh, yeah. at the start of the game. Cat's out the bag. He, he got a new profile picture <laughs> as a result. 
Yeah, yeah. Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. Yes, we made his life a living hell on Sunday. Um, it was so good. Rubber cats being thrown in the south stand. Every single time he got the ball, he was booed. I definitely feel like that played a part in his performance because he didn't really look settled at all throughout the game. At all. No. That's what I mean. You could tell so early on. And it's reflective on um, Son forcing the issue. A lot of criticism on Son um, before the game, especially over the last few weeks. Uh, looked like he had a point to prove, not only to um, our fans, West Ham fans as well. He has a bit of distaste for them. Obviously, they've abused him in the past. So his performance overall, uh, we have to speak on it. Um Tops, if you're if you're listening as well, um, obviously you've um, criticised him very very heavily. Even the apologist for Son can obviously recognise he's not quite used to Conte's system yet, but he really kind of came came and showed what he can do, didn't he? Definitely, man. Definitely, I think I think it's no it's no it's no secret that we've not seen the best Son. Um, over the past couple of months. He's had like one or two games here where he's looked good, like Leeds, like um, like Brighton when he first came back um, from injury as well. Like, um, But we've also had games where he scored and not looked good, like Liverpool. Like, mm. um, I can't remember what the other game was. Uh, Wolves at home, he looked particularly um, yeah, Wol- nervous, I'd yeah. say. Wolsey was poor. Even Everton, he scored, I think he scored like two goals, but one or two goals, but he was poor in that game as well. Like he's just not looked himself. But the one thing which I think you have to give him credit for, which is why I I guess there is such a harsh expectation is this guy's playing so poorly for a number of weeks and months and yet his rate, his scoring or assisting rate isn't slowing down. We're talking about the second, the joint second top scorer in the Premier League now. We're talking, and he's he's our joint top assister as well. Um, as I said, we were, spe- were speaking about that crazy stat that I think, like, amongst the games, amongst the games where he's been available or something like that, he's assisted like fourteen of, the, of our last fifteen or something, something ridiculous like that. Which is, which is a testament to to one how good a player he is that he can still affect these games when he's not playing poorly. But it also begs the question as to, wow, you can do this whilst playing badly. Imagine what you can do when you're actually playing well. And unfortunately, West Ham felt the brunt of that because I felt that his his use of the ball was better. His off-the-ball runs are always good. Even when he plays mm. poorly, his off-the-ball his off the you ball runs. You notice that particularly ball. more when you're, you, you see him live in the flesh and even yeah. against Brighton when he was poor in phases... Even like he he dropped off towards the second half, but his constant running in behind still gave us a platform to stretch the opposition team and continue playing. Mm. Uh, and he's the only player in the side currently that can that can do that to a good effect in the forward line, anyway. So definitely, definitely, and he's got just he's just got that that really good understanding with Harry Kane as well. Kane, he said it in his interview. He says he says, listen. I make the runs because I know Harry, he'll he'll flick it on, he'll pass me, he'll pass it, he'll find me. He knows, he knows. And even if even if the ball doesn't come to him, at the very least, he's stretching defences as well. So listen, we've criticised Son for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and rightly so, before anyone comes at me, rightly so, he deserves criticism. Maybe not as much 
not as much as we've heard, but he deserves criticism. But when he plays well, we'll give him credit. It's a long road to redemption based on some of the performances we've seen this season. But listen, 13 Premier League goals, um, our top scorer this season uh, in the in the league. Um, the guy, his rate doesn't drop. Um, now we just need the performances to, to stay at this level. When we get back from the international break, we need him to maintain the level that we saw against West Ham, against Newcastle, against Aston Villa, against... Um, Brighton, where we actually need to start building some sort of momentum and consistency. For sure, for sure. Um, obviously, going into half time in the game as well, uh, we conceded from from the set piece in what was pretty much West Ham's only kind of sustained amount of play, uh, uh, like moment of play. Um, conceding the corner in the first place was a bit of a bozo moment. Especially yeah. for um, number two, who's who's actually playing relatively well recently with uh, yeah. with Kulisevsky, and then we switched off for the back post once the ball was loose um, from ahead of. Why does Craig Dawson love doing this to us as well? Like one of the set piece and flicked it on, just do a bit of open space aimlessly, and they just somehow got the ball. Yeah, um, so shit as well, man. I hate that guy. He's so shit. <laughs> he's such a shit centre back, and I know he's done relatively well for West Ham. He's been a he's been a good servant for them since he's joined. But I don't rate him. I think he's rubbish. I think he's slow. He can't play with the ball at his feet, and I don't think he's a good defender. I just think he's he's good aerially. But yeah, like he seems to get the edge of us aerially, um, and he did so for for their goal. It was a really good finish from Ben Rama. But again, like you said, bozo virus again, bozo. Bozo Gene from from Doherty after the good work he did for the first goal, he goes and just inexplicably gives away a corner for no reason, knowing that set pieces um, are their greatest strength and our biggest weakness. And you just give them you're basically it's as good as a as a clicker opportunity for them at this point when you're playing mm. like us. Corner kicks or a penalty. That's what I was saying in the build up. Funny enough, like I I just didn't think we'd get a clean sheet purely because I knew they would score from a set piece. Yeah, lo and behold, like. Same. That's something you can guarantee with West Ham. Yep. They want me money, though. I can't lie. Thank you. Thank you, Spurs. Thank you, Spammers. I put um, a free, uh, a treble accumulator. I put down, how much did I put down? I put down like £10 and I won like 190 quid. Um, and I I did Spurs in my accumulator. I did Spurs to win and over 2.5 goals because I knew, I knew there was going to be three goals. I knew we were going to win and I knew we were going to concede. So there was always going to be three goals at least. Mm. It's kind of a good um good thing from us. Like we've consistently created chances in in consecutive games, especially recently, right? So you've got obviously Everton Leeds, uh even um Man City I'm trying to think of first we played, but even even against Man United, we seem to create and create at will most of the time so given that we were obviously proactive we were dominant um really really good at sustaining pressure as well like were you nervous in the second half the whole time it was 2-1 or did you get the feeling in the stadium that we were always just going to get that third goal eventually um a bit of both really a bit of both i'm not gonna lie like 
you, there has to be nerves. When you're seeing us waste as many chances as we were wasting, you're thinking, ah, oh, for flip's sake, we're in total control here. They're literally begging for us to put them out of their misery and we're not we're not um, taking our chances. Like, as long as, as we've seen in this Premier League, that like, the league is so forgiving, um, so unforgiving, sorry. Like, you look, and shades of last season, 3-0 lead and we fucking threw it away in, in 10 minutes. In 10 wow. minutes, threw it away to, to a pretty abject West Ham side that day because I don't think they played well but they, no. they rejuvenated themselves in the second half and to let three goals slip you're just thinking ah oh, flips it PTSD but when that third goal went in it was just a huge huge relief to say yes the game's done and we finally get that little bit of gloss that we needed on the scoreline just to shut those wankers up man honestly rest <laughs> in piss rest in piss I wish them nothing but the worst of luck in their European <laughs> campaign Honestly, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Tongi can uh, can do a job. Why, um, if you on the pitch? Because I'm hearing that brother ain't even starting regularly. Nah, nah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I think he played in Europe and then got rested. I'll do that. <laughs> rested in the in the league and um, didn't yeah. even make an appearance off the bench. Mm. We'll see, man. Um, yeah, there was a passage of play in the second half. Like I was nervous. I was nervous at that second half. There was a passage of play which I really liked, and uh, it involved Hoybier as well, um, where we managed to just we we'd have an attack, it would break down, and then we managed to reset really, really well. We bopped it around, and then Hoybier played that threaded ball into Kane. Oh yeah. Um, for whatever reason, he tried to lob uh, Fabianski in the box, which yeah. isn't a finish I usually associate with him. I thought he was just going to hit it on the half volley. Yeah. yeah I, I thought that him. was just going to go bottom bin straight away. Yeah, or even top bin. It's just like, it's weird. He's so comfortable using his left foot. So I didn't really get why he felt that he needed to dink it over Fabianski. Yeah. Right? I think he was forcing it. He could have just used his left foot to just, just guide it into the net. Yeah. Like it, it was a really intricate bit of play, and I could sense the fans kind of like edging, like attack, go forward, go forward, go forward. And we yeah. kind of went back a few times, then went forward again. We probed, and then eventually got a reward with that nice bit of play. So, yeah, it's a good indication that we are fully now believing and putting faith in the automations Conte brings. Because whenever we've um, faulted recently, it's when we haven't had that bravery to attack spaces to play probing passes okay. uh to, just to be aggressive like we saw that against burnley and man united especially so yeah to carry on having that faith even with just one goal a one goal lead to carry on pressing forward taking the risk romero still bombing forward Plus. um yeah yeah just to have that brief to proactively see out the game it's something we're not used to seeing with Spurs. So again, honestly, that was that was awesome. Um, so I must say, I hope you're both doing well. Did you guys watch any of the international games? Joe Rodden was immense again. Story of his game. Um, to be honest, I don't really see him getting in over any of our centre backs currently. Do you? Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I don't think he's going to start over any of our centre backs currently because I don't think we should be changing. I think that right now is the best combination of the three. When it comes from when you look at both um, the ability to sort of play with the ball and um, the ability to defend aerially and defend on the ground, I think um, it's the best combination. But I, what I will say is, I do agree that it's 
bizarre that he's not had a single sniff of game time, even when Dyer was injured and I'm stuff like that. And, that. and players were playing poorly, like um, we we were struggling uh, early January and stuff like Sanchez playing absolutely awful. Like I felt like he could have come into the team and had a couple games, but it's what it's one of those ones where I wanted him gone in January simply because he's just collecting dust here. Literally, he's just a statue at this point in time. He just he, he must have so many splinters, splinters in his ass. He's always sat on the bench week in, week out, week in, week out. Um, he's adding no value to our team and he's not that bad a player that he can't cut it in the Premier League. I've always said that. I think he's an okay centre-back, but he's not at the level to start week in, week out for Spurs. Um, so why are, we, why are we persisting with him? We should have just sold him. Should have just sold him. Sure, it's a weird one as well because even Conte was saying, even by his own admission, like, yeah, I probably should have played him. And there was a couple of times, obviously, while Dyer was injured, we needed a centre back like him to be commanding in the middle. Because mm. uh, whenever we had a cross come in the box, we we were just flapping all over yeah. the place. And like you said, Sanchez was awful as well. He didn't get the best out of Romero. He got exposed. Um. So yeah, we you're seeing Rodon playing well and not getting game time while Dyer was injured it begs the question um, also and that begs another question as to why Dyer didn't get called up to the England squad uh, given his performances recently yeah. like he's he for sure earned a place in that squad over no, I can see why Maguire got called up but England high Boy. man, come on. We listen. Dyer's been, admittedly, Dyer's actually been like I, I'm gonna say it. Dyer's been good for Spurs this season. Like, as when you look at what a centre back is meant to do for their team, um, not just both in the defensive element, but his ball playing as well this season has improved. I think Dyer, I'll say it, comf- fairly confidently now that Dyer's actually been good for Tottenham this season. But there's a difference. We're talking about starting for England, a front-footed team where Gareth Southgate has a, a set system that he's that he's that has been successful for him over two tournaments. Like Eric Dyer is not a better centre back right now than John Stones. Eric Dyer does not have more trust um, with Gareth Southgate than Maguire, which is why someone like Maguire, like you said, as as shit as he's been, because Dyer has been betting him in the league. Maguire has been reliable for for Southgate in the major tournament, so he's one of his lieutenants. He's never going to drop him, same way he will never drop Kane. Um, but I look at it as like someone like Tomori, for instance. Why? Yeah, for sure. He's not getting a call up. I see Milan. There's talk on Dyer. Like I can get why Spurs fans are mentioning Dyer when you see the like Tyra Mings in the team, when you see the like to Connor Cody in the team. But again, Mings left footed hype. And Conor Cody again, one of his sort of trusted generals, captain at Wolves. He's been in the in the in the Euro squad as well. So um, personally, I think there's better centre backs than, than Eric Dyer that have missed out. So I'm not really going to make a fuss over over Dyer missing out. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm mad at the precedent it sets for for the country and their selection, but I'm not mad at the same time in the sense that he's not going to get injured. Because that's that's kind of what that the only thing that could probably hamper our momentum at the moment, on top of not actually playing for a week or two, um, would be injuries in the international break, which is something that we've been cursed with for years, like especially yeah. the Argentina, um, 
players. Uh, Kulusevski's come out of his Sweden game with some fat swelling on his cheek. He's been banged by someone somehow. I haven't seen the incident, but I've just seen a picture of him. I've seen that. One side of his face ballooned up. He looked like he got whacked in the face by Arms Corleone, for heaven's sake. Like that thing was massive. Massive. Absolutely massive. Get him off and get him to Chubbs, Alexander Isaac, while he's there. (laughs) But yeah, man. Um, Yeah, hopefully. Um, Just to wrap up uh, the West Ham game, what did you think of Sergio Regulon's performance? Again, another player who's been heavily criticised. While he's been heavily relied upon in in Conte's system as obviously an attacking win-back. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of him in the group chat as well, as of recently, on top of the Human Sun chat. But, mm. yeah, did you think he improved at no. all? No, no, no. I, f- I, think, I think the last week has been a pretty shit period for Regulon. Um not because he's missing all the chances, although they're frustrating. Uh, in the heat of the moment, you are angry. You're thinking, oh, why is he missing? Why is he missing? But when we use perspective here, he he is literally a left-back. Like, I don't expect Regulon to put away every single chance he gets. He's going to miss chances because he's not clinical. He's not a, he's not an attacker. He's, his game isn't to, to, um, to find the back of the net. He's not Cancelo. Do you get what I'm saying? But... What irks me with Regulon is the decisions he takes when he gets into the final third, even when he's running through on goal. Like, case in point, Harry Kane finds him perfectly and the guy takes the heaviest of touches and completely just loses his momentum and then throws himself to the ground. looking That for pissed a me off so much. stupid. And it's not just that as well. Like, even when, we, even when he, um, he gets into good positions because we are able to sort of work the ball into him, like you said, the the automations with Conte's system, Ben Davies joining the attack, um, and Sun coming infield, and he gets sort of a, a bit more free space. When he gets this free space, he's just so jittery with the ball. He's like a kid. He's like a ten year old kid with the ball. Like he doesn't want to cross the ball first time when when he needs to cross the ball first time. He dwells, 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 shifts it onto his right 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 foot and puts a dodgy cross into the box. He just doesn't use his brain when he gets into the final third. And it's it's frustrating because for all the good openings that he's finding himself in, he just keeps wasting and wasting and wasting um, good possession, honestly. And that's the, that's the most frustrating thing. The fact that he's just too wasteful with this ball, whether that's with his shooting, whether that's with his crossing, whether that's with his link up, he's just dumb with the ball right now. Yeah, it's it's at times I thought he improved against Brighton, but yeah, you can hear his internal screaming from from in the stands at times, even through the TV at times when he's through. Um, for whatever reason, he just doesn't have that confidence in himself in final third positions. Um, to almost as as a slight segue into our next topic, um, after the international break, if uh, if Sessegnon's back from injury. Are you starting him over Regulon? No, Sessignon is shit, man. Um, he's still sorry. suspect. Fair. He's dead. He's had. He's he's not been good enough for Spurs. He's he's had like three good games for Spurs in his career. Um, yeah, he's he, he's not given me any sort of trust for me to to say that. Um, yeah, he should start ahead of Regulon. But I, I do think Regulon. He's someone that can definitely 
be upgraded like easily. And I do think he would benefit from the competition for sure. For sure. Listen, if Sessignon can come into this team and play really well, then yeah, I won't have any complaints. But looking as him, looking to him as the solution for our issues with Regulon, nah, not for me. He's dead. It's dead food. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, you've just got to think so. Um, obviously, with with uh, Conte pretty much naming an unchanged team throughout um, throughout the last few weeks, and that's probably led to a kind of most complete performance of the season against West Ham, arguably, um, as a body of work over 90 minutes. you got to think, so Conte's probably looking at what his best lineup is over the rest of the season to aid with this top four push. Um, would you say he's got the settled um, lineup now? I guess the the centre-backs are set in stone, right? So you've got yeah. Ben Davis, Dyer, yeah. Romero. Mm-hmm. That's set in stone. Romero's been immense game by game. Yeah. And the midfield. So for the best lineup going forwards... I mean, he's been I'm... playing Ben Sanko and Hoybia recently. We've got Skip apparently coming back for the Newcastle game to be part of the match day squad at least. Mm. Um, but would you continue? I'd say, would you think Conte's best lab as opposed to what you think um, uh, should be? Continue um... with the two in midfield, Hoybia, Ben Sanko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think for now, yeah. It, it works. It's working. Um, I think on form, Skip, Skip is the one that I would I would say he should. It, three weeks ago, I would have said yes. Yeah, it's, it's a no brainer. Skip should, should come into this team when he's fit. Blah blah blah. But listen, um, now it seems like these two are developing a little bit of an understanding, um, and we have to be honest. The same way we criticize. Um, Hoibia when he's played poorly acknowledge when he's actually playing well because in the past couple of games he's actually played well mm. had, had a had a pretty decent game against Everton had a really good game against Man United had um, a decent game again against um, against Brighton and then had a decent performance against against West Ham listen it doesn't undo the the, the previous months of dog shit but I think it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. You'd rather you'd rather he's you'd rather him play into a decent standard. Um, you'd rather him play into a decent standard, so it gives Conte a good problem to have when Skip comes back. And with all due respect, um, I don't care about any sort of criticism. I stand by what I've said. I think he's mm-hmm. better on the ball than Winks, and I think he's better on the ball than Skip. I think he's a better passer than both. So in games where we are going to dominate possession. I would much rather prefer to see the two midfielders who are going to at least take more risk of the ball. The problem with Hoybier is he 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 overestimates his quality. And for what we want him to do as a central midfielder, he is quite limited. But I would rather his the thrust and the push and the problem with his passing in those type of games where we need to win um, against sort of, I want to say, similar or inferior opposition. If we're talking North London derby now, I don't know who I'd want to play out of him and Skip. I'd probably go for Skip because he's probably more reliable and playing next to Benton Core. But as I said, it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. 
<laughs> man, them sure. are going to be angry f- listening to this, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Listen, I like I like Hobia. I'll never not like Hobia. Um, I know we need to upgrade on him in the summer. I, we do, we do. But we're talking about between now and the end of the season, it's a good thing for him to be playing better. Like, it, it, it has to be a good thing. For sure. Like, I was even flapping a bit just then, like, when I was... um getting onto the subject because it was just that realisation that Huibier is actually playing much better now and he is pretty much first choice. You can't disagree, even though even a few weeks ago, I think everyone everyone was saying we don't want this guy to start another game this season. Yeah. Even you, me. you used to buy him. You were saying you didn't want him to start another I game this season. I didn't think he deserved to start, but here we are. Ben Tanker, though, he's he's been immense, so fair yeah. play to him and actually showing for the ball. So, Huibier doesn't have to. Um, he kind of negates uh, all of um, Huibier's deficiencies, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd still look to work Skip in and play him with Ben Tanker. I think eventually that'll be... If we if we end up sticking with the same two midfielders, obviously past the summer, even though I don't think we will, I'd still work uh, try and work Skip in to play with Ben Tanker. But, yeah, at the moment, I can't disagree Hoybier still in there with um with Ben Ten. Uh Wimbacks. Uh <laughs> I think he's he's now settled on um on the right back, yeah. I was gonna, I wasn't gonna say his surname, but he's now no. settled on Matthew. Boy, disgusting. Again, when I look at this team, I look at a lot of players that I don't well, I say a lot, I look at at least at least like three, four players that I don't want starting for Spurs. At least three or four. Um, but right now, again, I have no rationale to suggest that Emerson should start over over Matt Doherty. Like I know Matt Doherty is shit. He's rubbish. He's actually crap. You look at what he did on the weekend against West Ham, but simply because of the fact that as shit as he is, he can still offer us more than Emerson going forward in this system. And he's developing a, a decent understanding with Kulisevsky. He has to play. Again, yeah. he has to play. Like, until he fucks up and gives us that 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 realisation that he's not going to do a better job than Emerson here, he has to play. Simple. For sure. And yeah, given there's no injuries to Matthew, then I, I don't see Emerson starting another league game this He's season. so fucking shit though, honestly. Like, like it's crazy that he is our starting right back. Kyle Walker-Peters got called up to the England squad. Um, and I'm not trying to cry over um, uh, spilt milk here, but it's, it's nuts on the fact that we've actually gone out and spent the best part of 40 million on two right wing backs and they are so bad they're so bad none of them are better than Aurier none of them are better than Kyle Walker-Peters none of them are anywhere close to Kyle Walker shocking bro shocking Kyle Walker-Peters is a name that uh we don't like to bring up now these days Listen, he's doing his thing man at the time I don't think it is what it is man it is what it is it's just, Spurs are saying, do you think Hakimi could be a possibility? Come on, man. I just don't say no. <laughs> what planet does he... That's does a pipe dream. Spurs is hilarious, man. He's a he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a real one because he, he tunes into every stream. But, bruh, I see some <laughs> of your... Bro, come on. 
Nah. Turn it in. Turn it in. Come on. Turn it in. Well, we're not to miss than me, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just coming in. Yeah, let him dream. Uh, sustainable shoot is saying that Kulusevski has played well. Um, he's played well tonight for Sweden, which comes as no surprise. Um, good player, man. We'll see. You touched upon his good partnership with Matthew, and he's definitely eschewing coming off straight away into into the team. He's hit the ground running, and um, straight into our first choice kind of right winger. So I guess uh, that would be his first choice for the rest of the season. And the rest of the team makes up itself as well. You've got Kane and Son. But like, yeah. how, just how good, though, like, has Kulusevsky's impact been? It's, it's, also, I think you're probably the highest stockholder in, uh, in a certain underrated app for, for Decky, for Kulusevsky. And, uh, he's been just what we needed as well, hasn't he? He's kind of made, um, Conte's mind up for him. Defo, Defo. I'm, I, listen, when we were linked with him, um, I said two things. I said, one, it's not enough because um, I still think Spurs need more quality. But number two, he's a baller. Big potential. Um, I'm so happy we signed him. I'm really, really happy with that signing. I know it's circumstantial, circumstantial but I was really happy with that signing because he was a player that I've rated. And I don't... I don't put any weight towards his his time at Juve because for the most part, he wasn't even a regular starter this season. Um, and again, he's 21 years old. He's 21 years old. Um, I think what has surprised me is how quickly he's been able to establish himself as, um, as a reliable player for Spurs to call upon because he's still young. He's 21 years old. I expect... I don't expect him to play this good between now and the end of the season, but the fact that he's coming and made an immediate impact, not just in his numbers, but in his actual contribution to the game, I knew verbatim, 1,000%, this guy would be an infinite upgrade on Lucas Moura. I knew it for a fact. Mm. I was headstrong in my belief that this guy should be a regular starter for Spurs. I remember Spurs fans tried to rub him out um, when he came on after these cameos viewers. I said... I'm sorry, he has to start. I remember when we went to the Etihad, um, the two people I was with, I said, there's no, they're saying, oh, Lucas Morris. I said, you are crazy. There's no way on earth we get this guy. We've brought him in and you want Lucas Morris to start a game of this magnitude against Man City. I'm sorry. And I'll keep saying that he has to be a permanent starter. I don't want to see Lucas Morris start another game for Spurs unless Kuliseski is injured. Yeah, I'm tired of that chaos chaos football where the ball's bouncing off his shins and he wants to you put his head down and, and spearhead his way through a gazillion players only to lose the ball. Um, I'm tired of it because Kulisevsky, he brings way more culture to his game. Link up is better. Passing's better. He picks his head up. He picks man out. Combines better with the wingbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He always offers himself as an outlet on the right-hand side. And yet in his defensive duties, he gives us so much security in the centre of the park because he can come infield and help us where we where we have a numerical disadvantage. Like, this is a guy that's literally affecting so many facets of our game currently. And mm. he's only 20 years old. And he's not even like a, a world-class player. He's not even an Mbappe or something like that. He's just a good player with big potential. And it's scary to see 
how the likes of him and Bentoncourt, these guys, they're not even like, it, I don't even want to disrespect them or anything, but they're not like, you know what I mean? They're not like, they're not like, like elite standard. And they, mm. they're making a mockery of the, of the players that were playing in their positions previously because they're just way better. This is actually what it feels like to actually have players with good technical quality. And a football brain, essentially. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like to pick on that recently, but just the, uh, like decision-making. Um, we've said it, it feels like for years now, um, Lucas Moore as well, just getting his head down, not even seeing the picture when he plays. No sense of combination play at all. And we knew that Kulisevsky would be a much better fit for us in terms of a profile, but for him to hit the ground running... um so important for us and it's even taking me back a bit how quickly he settled into the new league especially after being criticized after his first 20 minutes playing for us in the fa cup um yeah well in his stride and a well set lineup for conte now going forward um who knows if we get top four though we could even so i was even going to say like our next game could be uh it's likely to be newcastle but yeah. We still haven't had the North London derby game rearranged yet. So who knows when that'll be. Arteta's comments, shameless recently, about fixture congestion. And he thinks, obviously, um, the Premier League are trying to hamper Arsenal and give them a disadvantage where they've Ridiculous. played half as many games as most of the other uh, bigger teams in the league. So it's insane. We deserve to to pack them in, really. Pause, but... I hope we do, and I think we will. I've been saying I've been headstrong in my belief that Spurs will win that game. Said it in January, sticking to it now. I don't care how bad we play game to game. I think just because of the importance of that fixture, um, I think we'll 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 beat them. I think we'll beat them. But listen, Spurs winning the one-off games won't be won't surprise you. Like no one will be really shocked, apart from maybe Arsenal fans, if Spurs were to beat Arsenal. At home, it's a North London derby, and we've not lost at home in like eight years. Um, what will what will be the real test for Spurs is the games like Newcastle at home, like Burn, like Burnley at home, like Brighton at home, like Aston Villa away, where we need to pick up three points. Those will be mm-hmm. the games where we we need to show ourselves, man. I really want us to to bury Newcastle as well. Like, I need that after what happened last season with the penalty situation, Callum Wilson, his comments, that smile. I need us to bury them, bury them into the pits of hell, bury them, man. I need them. I need them mudded. I need them mudded. I don't care about their revival. I want us to show why we deserve to be in this race for top four and beat them. Yeah, I'm more confident now, especially seeing an Everton team with 10 men beat them at home. Uh, especially uh, an Everton team managed currently by Lampard, who's he's not been doing so well recently, which is uh, a huge shame. But yeah, it kind of needs to wrap it up with... Um, a huge shame. It's, <laughs> it's such a shame. So I'm so dry with that. It's, it's quite hard mm-hmm. to come across if... Um, mm. If I can't see my face. But yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> It's a good thing Conte has obviously kept this out. I'm I'm glad that they've waited to rearrange this game because if they arranged it in the middle of uh, some of the games uh, in and around when we played Wolves and Southampton at home, I wouldn't have been anywhere near as confident. But yeah, uh, I think we're reaping the rewards now with Conte 
see keeping that same lineup, keeping that continuity, and then we like uh, when was the last time in your recent memory that we've consistently had? I don't like this um, football terminology these days at times, but creating like high xG chances, uh, having a higher xG than most teams. It's it's been ever since. 1718 for me. Yeah, yeah. Um I would say maybe early part of 1819 in the league we were in fact I think that's where it started to tail off a little bit but the 1920 season was a write off in terms of consistent chance creation. 2021 season we know what happened there. Um unless we were playing some of the smaller sides and even this season I still think chance creation is a chance creation is um it's still something that Spurs have to work to improve on in terms of the profile of players that we can upgrade in our first 11. But no doubt about it, Antonio Conte has got us creating way more chances than we were under Nuno. Like, complete night and day. Like, complete night and day in terms of um, in terms of chance creation. Um, mm. I saw a stat today that in the last, like, five matches or something like that... Um, I think Andy Robertson was the highest um, big chance creator, um, followed by Harry Kane, followed by Kulisevsky, followed by Matt Doherty. So, listen, <laughs> listen. Um, I will put this disclaimer out there as well. I don't think Spurs are this creation, this creation um, machine or this creative machine. Sorry, um, because when you look at the opposition we played. <laughs> we should be creating hella chances against that bummy Everton side. Um, we should be creating um, chances against Leeds who were getting slapped up silly and Brighton away. Yeah, probably more the more respectable W. But again, they'd lost. They had lost five on the spin um, prior to that uh, to that game anyway, and had not won in five at home. So. Yeah, um, Spurs should be creating chances against these sides who are just simply not defending well. But it's it's good to see that, at the very least, where we need to create chances, we can, which is something that you couldn't mm. guarantee for at even in really poor sides. Yeah, it's, it's it's good on Conte. He managed to keep the faith, and uh, we'll see. Get got a lot of criticism after some of the home losses, saying he should have changed the four at the back. Play yeah. Lucas Moore as a 10. I was seeing um, some disgusting, disgusting takes. Uh, but bro. fair play to Conte. I'm He's uh, obviously backs himself as a Facts. top, top class manager, as he should. So he should. As he, so should. he should. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe our fans all change it, change it to, to um, why? We're way more vulnerable defensively in a four. And you can clearly see that the system, the system is not the issue, it's the players. I don't understand. Yeah. If, the, if the system is constantly getting you into good positions and the final output isn't good enough, how then how do you then think that that is the system's fault and not the players' fault? I don't understand it. No, um couldn't understand it either. And luckily, so we've now Conte keeping the faith with his players, well, with <laughs> this group of players. The good coaching and the good structures negated quite a lot of uh, our players' deficiencies, and yeah. see that on top of uh, new additions hitting the ground running, it's all credit to Conte yeah. and a little bit of credit to Paratigi as well. I think. Yeah, had to wear that in there. 
Yeah. That's three yeah. signings which have uh, objectively banged. That 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 hard N word is still in in Alcatraz for me, man. But yeah, he's listen. The two signings he's brought in are, are looking good, and of course he got the biggest piece of the puzzle, which is Conte so far. But boy, I'm still having to see Emerson come on the pitch. I'm still seeing um, Brian Hill on loan at Valencia. I'm still seeing um, no additional centre back, etc. I saw no new right back, etc., etc. So boy. I'm not ready to, to to give him some praise just yet, but thank you for bringing us the, those two good players because they they are two good players. And on top of that, Antonio, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mentioned the three signs. The fourth one being Conte, yeah. Yeah. So so now the question to you though: What do you? Because just to just before we close, um, what are your thoughts on? Sort of the midfield issue then. So I say the midfield issue because obviously we went through a period where we were getting over running the midfield. Um, my solution for that was to, for him to um, persist with the with the three at the back, but switch it to a four-two-three-one or four. Uh, sorry, switch it to a, a three-four-one-two and play Decky in the ten, or play the three-four-three and just instruct Decky to to do what he has done in recent games, which is occupy a, a, a central role. Um, with with those tweaks that he's made, are you? comfortable with the two in midfield or do you think when um when Oliver Skip comes back we we would um we should find a way to play free in midfield I uh, to be fair like when um when we were losing some of these games I was I was thinking please 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 like play the three in midfield because we we looked much better playing three five two previously mm. But then I look at our midfielders who we could play in a three and I don't think it's fluid or creative enough. So uh-huh. making up the numbers in midfield with Ben Davis and Romero, um, having that underlapping runs makes up the numbers. Um, see Decky coming in field with Kane at times. So they'll interchange as well. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. We've got some comments for you finally um, sake. from your yeah. fans. But yeah. With Decky and Kane obviously interchanging and dropping in, it makes up the numbers as a three, and I'm happy for that to to be the plan coming forward because we were yeah. obviously getting, um, we were quite clearly getting outnumbered. Yeah, yeah, we were quite clearly getting outnumbered. So yeah, um, it, I'm glad that Conte didn't kind of panic and try and uh, bring in. So I think he did try. Play Winks, Hoy BM, Ben Tanker all in the same midfield at one point, which would give you know us controlling games. But yeah, I didn't think it would be creative enough going forward. So with the emergence of Becky, I'd keep it as it is with him dropping in in certain phases of play. You know, I think as well, I think, I think the disbanding of Winksburg has been, has proved um, beneficial. I know that's your boy, but I'm sorry. He's, he, he ain't it. Um, and, I'm not saying this to to to, to pretend as if Hoybier has performed to any good standard for me to defend him, but so you basically that, just wanted me to say Winks being dropped is the ben, is for the benefit <laughs> of his team, precisely. But um, I also I thought that was a loaded Benton question. Benton Core being in the midfield actually helps us play with Benton Core being in the midfield and Kulisevsky doing what he's done um, helps us play with a two um, in midfield for now. Um, and for me, yeah, 
it never it never crossed my mind to drop Kulisevsky. Um, I felt you always had to keep him on the pitch. So whether you put him centrally to 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 make up the numbers or you just keep him on the right and and get him to play centrally when we're out of possession like we like he did against Man City, that was always the way forward for me. There we go. Antonio Conte, please never leave us, please. But yeah, Boy. that pretty much wraps um, wraps up this pod today. Um, Dobber, thank you again for joining joining us fresh out of your uh, your training session with Touchline. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking we'll preview... of, well, sorry, Owen, I was yeah. going to say speaking no, no, no. of as well. Um, for those who are still listening, um, Touchline Fives. Um, if you ever want to play for the NSO, please give us a DM on Instagram or on Twitter. We're always looking for new people to join the clan. So, yeah, let us know if you're interested. I would have probably missed out that minor bit of housekeeping there. So, thank you. <laughs> it's calm. I haven't suffered like uh, some of you guys um, Mate. at the team. I live a bit Mate. too far away in this petrol crisis. So, mm. it is what it is. Um, again, thank you for joining us. Um, we'll probably preview the Newcastle game next week. Uh, if that is going to be our next game, uh, as for now, we'll, uh, I'm not a religious man per se, but I'm going to be saying my prayers during the international break for no more injuries or no injuries Trust. at all to our team. Um, otherwise, we're we're screwed for for lack of a better word or term. But again, uh, thank you to those that have joined to the stream to, tonight as well. Like obviously, there's there's quite a few of you as well, so. We'll see with it being a late stream for us today. Fair play for for joining. Yeah. We'll see, keep an eye out for our audio form pod, which comes out on the Saturday morning. And um, for now, again, NSO out, and uh, see you next week. Peace. On debut, has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.